0: Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio. Reporting from the basement of the Dairy Civic Center, this is C.M. Alexander with the news. In sports, this weekend the county's hottest desert rivalry will be put to the test as the desperation dorks face off against the Austin assholes in a doubleheader. The dorks are firmly at the top of the division, but the assholes are only a little behind. Check your local listings for where to watch these arid antagonists. You're listening to Dairy Public Radio. This is Dairy Public Radio.
1: Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, a bi-weekly Stephen King Book Club podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Kahn, alongside C.M. Alexander. Hello, everyone. And Benjamin Graham. Hey, constant readers. And today, we are returning to the Patreon selection from Nick Tennant. We are covering desperation through part two. For those reading along, if you're not reading along, spoilers. And Ben is leading our discussion. Ben, take it away. Yeah.
2: All right. Let's recap. In the American Southwest, a crazy cop has been rounding up our main characters and throwing them in jail and also bleeding from his (laughs) pores.
0: Ooh, yeah. Sneezing his teeth. Are <laughs>
1: <That's> so <laughs> gross. But what happens to him later in this part is even worse. Oh my God. About. When it happened, <laughs> I had to walk away from the book <laughs> for a minute. Good. Anyway, we'll get to
2: that. We are at this moment. We have our characters kind of split up into two areas. We have our main characters in the jail cell in a small town called Desperation where this cop has seemingly Eliminated everyone. (laughs) We have the Carver family or what's left of them. We have uh Johnny, whatever his last name is. Yeah. (laughs) He's super famous. So I should remember that, you would think. Tom, who is the only local, an older, possibly drunk gentleman. Mary, whose husband was murdered in front of her at the start of the book, and God, I guess. (laughs) I was trying to think who else was there. And they're being watched over by a coyote being controlled by something.
0: Was David the other character?
2: Did I not mention the carvers? Yeah, but I feel like. He is kind of important. We probably should have mentioned the little (laughs) prey boy up top. Uh, And then across town who we pick up with, Steve and Cynthia arriving in desperation. Still my favorite pair.
0: Yes, I absolutely. love these guys.
2: <laughs> I am right there with you. They are investigating Steve's boss, Johnny had called them in trouble, and they are trying to find out where he could be. And as they arrive in desperation, Cynthia talks about how she has a real bad feeling about this. Did she mention the last section that she thinks she's psychic? Yeah, it's kind that, of she's, passed over
0: she's a hard-headed babe, but she's a little bit a little bit psychic. Too. Yeah. That's in this section that she yeah. mentions. It. I, I love, love it. how
2: like not <laughs> seriously it takes that. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's they, mm-hmm. her and Steve have a lot of like intuitions yeah. and they go off of that. But it has never made a like. Oh, Cynthia had a psychic premonition. Mm-hmm. It is just. Everything is so bad here. The <laughs> vibe is so bad that they are immediately like, oh yeah, this is, a, we're in trouble.
0: I, I do wonder what readers' impressions of her character might be without first being familiar with Rose Matter, Because I put so much trust in her. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. I know she knows if something seems weird. <laughs> There's a very good reason for that. Mm. She knows weird. <laughs> yes. Well,
2: I when I first read this book, I didn't even i had never even heard of Rose. Do you Matter. remember? I do. I loved Cynthia. Mm-hmm. Cynthia was immediately probably one of my favorite King yeah. characters. Cuz she's rad as hell. Yeah. yeah. She's <laughs> Yes, she's just super cool punk girl. Like <laughs> it, of course she's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, as they're on the outskirts of the town, Steve has a real interesting reaction to thunderstorms. <laughs>
0: I was going to ask you guys because I'm not a boy. So what I should say what happens first before asking you my question because that (laughs) makes me sound less strange. (laughs) What's happening is Steve is feeling this like force and he thinks about when he was 13 years old, 12 or 13, and he was watching this big thunderstorm roll in and it made him hard. Like just the air pressure and everything, like he felt all those sensations. Okay, my first comment is it then says a year or so later he learned how to masturbate why did it take so long <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, my i don't know if that's a fair question i'm sorry if it's not my second is is that a guy thing no uh,
2: no <laughs> oh. i maybe i'm speaking for myself josh you're making well, a real face yeah i mean i've gotten a boner
1: during a tornado <laughs> what uh, <laughs> <laughs> what Josh is part barometer. I am <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. Five. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. It was well, a five.
2: Fives
0: get you hard. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> no, there, there is something to the, okay, this is going to, this takes uh, me back to a conversation. I feel like I never got to settle with you guys. Oh, so no. I'm bringing it back. <laughs> okay. A conversation from revival that you both debated something with me that I should have stuck to my guns about. <laughs> and it's about the sensation of being a teenager, and when kissing a girl who's smoking and she blows smoke into your mouth while kissing, you get rock hard instantly, and you both were like, gross, and I was like, it's true! <laughs>
0: You're still wrong. It's, you, it's, it's, it's still same oversharing, it's the, same the thing. real thing. It's the
1: same thing with storms. There's something about the energy, like, have you ever never stood in an open field while a giant thunderstorm rolls and in? And just cranked it? No! No, <laughs> you can be hard without cranking it. <laughs> i'd like to t- <laughs> hold on
2: i'm not gonna be- i'd like to see you try it's,
0: <sighs> it's-
1: this it's- is a good podcast thunderstorms
0: are fascinating but they've never given me a boner
1: yeah, yeah. I don't, man. I I, there. I feel like there is this a is sexual energy to, w- to thunderstorms. This is a one sentence part I'm of so this I'm so sorry. Story.
0: Do you guys
2: ever imagine? <laughs> we read like 400 pages. <laughs> we are never ending this episode. Do you,
0: do you guys ever imagine you're a cryptozoologist? <laughs> and go on. You've been tracking Bigfoot through the forest mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you feel something in the air change. There's yeah. a pressure shift. And you approach a clearing and as you come out into this clearing, what you see is Bigfoot jerking it to
1: a house fire. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. What? Why? Did he (laughs) start the fire? Jesus Christ, I
2: wish CM had written this book.
1: (laughs) 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 Jesus Christ. Steve, do you
2: feel anything weird about this time? Yeah. It's about the second weirdest thing I've ever experienced in my life. What we don't know is
1: Steve is from another book where that happened. <laughs> oh, God, that's amazing.
2: Anyway, they, they're really scared, but they make a terrible decision. <laughs> uh, instead of going to Eli, the nearest town that is miles away, they decide to head into desperation. We meet back up with Kali and Trajan, the evil possessed cop who decides to give Ellen Carver parole.
0: It, it's such, that's so upsetting. Why didn't he take Johnny? Scene. He had Johnny. Why didn't he just take him for what he needs?
1: Okay, so let's just not talk around it. He's mm-hmm. he's he's going to pull a body swap. That's that's the yep. intent behind yeah, this.
2: There, there's they kind of try to obfuscate it,
1: but it is not. It's pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think I feel like it does a good job of leading you there without confirming it for long enough that you're like, it's got to mm-hmm. be this, right? But choosing her, I think, makes the only makes sense because she's the smallest and weakest. Besides yeah. the child,
0: oh, but he wouldn't want a, the smallest and weakest body, would he?
2: If he, he's going to burn through all of them, okay. What I think it might have to do it's there's a single line later on. I don't remember what it was exactly, but it is Ellen. So far, is our survivor who has rejected david's god yes oh yeah right yeah because she when he started praying she was like you stop it right now you're being ridiculous Mm -hmm. and everyone else is just kind of like weird whatever so i am wondering if it is kali or the force Mm -hmm. inside of him is sensing the Different levels of holiness, uh, the different levels of desperation uh, that our characters are in. (laughs) Well, because he's
0: afraid of David, so mm -hmm. it makes sense that the least religious or of-faith person would be a good option and, i mean i think johnny still would cut it <laughs> but
2: <laughs> and if he's trying to break david which we don't really know he
0: doesn't seem like he seems like he's still underestimating because i thought mm. that too was like oh maybe he took his mom because it's his mom and he's trying to you know make him feel hopeless mm. and desperate but yeah well, I, I think you could make it be that but
2: it's really cool part of what i like about Tack will will say as mm-hmm. a villain is that he's doing all of this stuff and I don't think there's much rhyme or reason. No, doesn't no. it say
0: later that he is doesn't remember things? Like mm-hmm. remembering is not a priority.
2: Yeah. It, it's, it's something
0: more eloquent than it that. It is
2: such, Tack as a villain is like a primal force of nature. It's like it an is, animal. It's an old god mm-hmm. and its reasoning doesn't seem to be human reasoning. So we're discussing, like, why is he doing this? Why (laughs) is he? I I don't know. Maybe we'll get it later, but I don't know that there is a set plan as much as it is just chaos and spread evil as much as it can. Well,
0: if you leave it kind of open, people can have debates about multiple things (laughs) it could be.
2: (laughs) So he opens the cell door and pulls Ellen out. And of course, everyone has the first thought Uh, And he immediately shuts down, kind of grimaces at the thought of it and says, no, I don't want that from you. Thank God. Yeah. And in that moment, oh, I did skip ahead. The coyote isn't there until (laughs) he screams out in this language. What do you guys think of the language of the unformed? I think it rules. (laughs) We've
0: heard it before. Well, depending on if you've read Little Sisters of Illyria. Is that right? Mm-hmm. It's been a
2: really long time since mm-hmm. I've read, and also, yeah, it also has these little marks because uh, they mentioned the the the, can- the toy.
0: yeah, from uh, it's Lomen and Yellow Coats. Mm-hmm. yeah, Talisman, Hearts and Atlantis. and
2: it, it sounds Dark so Tower. much like it could be the same language that produced um, the Cancarno Ray mm-hmm. and stuff like that, yeah.
0: And and what is what do we call this language? The language of the Unformed.
2: I believe that. Yeah, that's yeah, no, which yeah is that is so rad cool. as hell. <laughs> so the cop speaks out in this language. I will say I, I switched over to audiobook read by Stephen King. Surprisingly good. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, not but, for long
1: sessions.
0: <laughs> Stephen King has a quality in his voice that it, it's fine, but if you're listening to him, to him read a book a lot. It's, I think
1: we've talked about Stephen It wouldn't Stephen be my King first
0: choice, first. but he, he does a good job mm. reading it.
2: He calls in a coyote who comes and sits in the middle of the room. So rad. And stares at David as uh, David gets a message from God. Uh, he doesn't get... He, he figures yeah. out what the message from God means. Right. And uh, starts starts getting naked. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like that he asks Mary to turn around.
0: I like that when like everybody knows what he's doing. That he, Well, they don't know why, but they know he's taking off all of his clothes. <laughs> and he looks over and... Johnny's just sitting on the edge of his bunk, like popping lifesavers and watching it. Mm -hmm. it's like, stop it, dude. (laughs) It's a
2: creep. We'll, we'll get to Johnny. I, my feelings about Johnny Maronville are complex.
0: We have, uh, as I was listening to this, I was like, oh, there's that theory. Not (laughs) not panning out, like thinking about all of our speculations. Mm
2: -hmm. As he's uh, getting naked and, It's super obvious what he's gonna do. Uh, We go back to the outskirts of town where the dog tied to the church sign has been drug off by
1: animals. Thank Uh, you, King, for sharing what happened to the dog with us off off screen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's
2: great because, like, obviously... There were so many signs very yeah. early on mm-hmm. that uh, I would not want to go into this town. And when they drive past, they see the, you know, kill all dogs or whatever is spray yeah. painted on it. Very upsetting. Mm-hmm. But the fact that the obvious warning signs are gone yeah. is like obvious. They're in trouble.
0: If I ever see kill all dogs or anything like that anywhere, I'm getting yeah. far
2: away. Yeah. yeah. But instead, they pull over at the Quonset hut that we saw earlier. As everyone was driving into town, the lights are on and the parking lot is full of cars. So they figure, thank goodness, someone yeah. has to be home.
1: So, uh, the, walking in, the the AC is on, like the radio is on, everything. But there's nobody. So it's it's almost like everyone vanished until they find. A sign <laughs> the, they, the aquarium The aquarium is oh on Oh my god The aquarium <laughs> is such a great He's like looking through it Steve sees it And he's like There's angelfish There's all this fish There's this fish And Cynthia's like What the hell is that?
2: <laughs> before
1: before we get inside, oh, sure, yeah. I do
2: there's one little thing is the reason they're stopping at the Quonset hut instead of driving into town proper and going to the cops is Cynthia says she has another one of her hunches that she she doesn't want to go to the cops first.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: She has a her character has a built-in reason not to want to go to the cops. Yeah, sure. like, yeah. I, I thought it was funny that they didn't use more of her backstory. Yeah, because she's just like, I don't know, I I don't feel right.
0: I wonder, though, how that would have read thinking of Holly and how you and I, Ben, mm. met Holly in Mr. Mercedes True. and not the Bill Hodges trilogy. So maybe her reflecting on more of her experience and not leaving it vague would have Personally, I,
2: the, the two-tone hair and the just general punk attitude, if she was like, nah, fuck the cops, I'd be like, <laughs> I love this character. <laughs> There's also a sandstorm picking up, we should mention. So they put on uh, bandanas and head inside and – Maybe this is just me, but I had such a feeling a few times in this section reading someone's tabletop RPG adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz the way that they go into they they go into this building and they are in this office looking at messy desks and kind of trying to Sherlock Holmes their way into oh these are yeah. the kind of people that are here. And they go through a door behind the desk, and it's like you enter a hallway. There are two (laughs) doors on one side and one door standing open on the other. At the end of the hallway is a bright light leading into a larger room. (laughs) What do you do? And I loved it, (laughs) personally. And the first thing they do is they go into this room. They're scared out of their mind, Mm -hmm. first of all. They're doing the thing where they're whispering at each other, despite the fact (laughs) Mm -hmm. that they're in an empty building which I love. And they hear a bubbling that turns out to be a totally normal aquarium. Yeah, that that Josh was talking
1: about. There's a
0: blowfish in there, a (laughs) suckfish, and a handfish. And a handfish.
1: There it is. (laughs) Yes. Nice. Yeah. The severed hand and that has a scar on it, which is the thing that sticks out to Steve as, oh, that immediately disproves the idea it could justify it as a prop. (laughs) Like it's too real. It is Mm -hmm. someone's hand.
0: You think that that's gonna be the scariest part about this adventure.
1: <laughs> you, you wouldn't think checking a voicemail would be horrifying. Fuck.
0: <laughs> I love stuff like this though. Yes. Like mm-hmm. any broadcast, anything that has power to do something. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Banshee yeah, chapter.
2: They they <laughs> See a blinking answering machine, and immediately I think Cynthia's like, Don't fucking do that, don't touch that. And Steve turns it on, and it is just a monotone voice repeating, Numa Soma
1: Sarks, Numa Soma Sarks, which now that I know what that means is extra disturbing.
2: <laughs> As they head deeper into the building, we catch back up with Ellen and the cop
1: heading south, Ellen's the pit. Who's a Paul Sheldon fan. Yep. Yeah, That's so great. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what Which Misery book? Misery's it?
1: Paradise. Mm.
0: I love that she's like, you know, my relief is wearing off. I was feeling pretty good that I am still alive and not being raped and murdered. But now I'm worried about, okay, if he's not going to do those things to me, what is he going to do to me? Which is a very fair question.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I love this bit. It becomes kind of a, a recurring motif with a few of the characters. Where Ellen is thinking about everything that has happened to her and it says Mm -hmm. she – it it becomes a matter of not wondering where she is but who she is. And she thinks of all of the different versions of herself she has been in her life and how the events of the past 24 hours are so terrible and so traumatic that it has fundamentally changed her as a person. That's just cool. (laughs) It is cool. It's real. It's real. Yeah. And heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. And her saying, if she can be the Ellen Carver that went to PTA meetings and the Ellen Carver that loved her husband, could it also be true that she is now the Ellen Carver that will never see her family again? Ah, goosebumps.
0: It's hard, too, because when you're reading a book and you just have these few characters that's very intimate, you're reading them, thinking of them more as – heroes or protagonists just at the very least and not as just normal people
2: all the while Intragian's Starkification is speeding up (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it sucks in a major way (laughs) because this scene ends (laughs) with him driving up and over the edge of the pit while Ellen is asking him these questions are you going to kill me where are we going and he responds by pulling his own tongue out of his head (laughs)
1: It's. I love that first she he tries to answer, and she says that she can't understand what he's saying. Yeah, it's not a power move. No. And then he opens. Oh, so I love the idea that he probably tried to talk, and it just... <laughs> yeah, because he kind of goes back. Yeah. Beforehand. And he just takes it and wiggles it and throws it to the side. Not a big deal. Sucks. Such oh, a silly guy. So gross. Just, <laughs> so wacky. wacky. Yeah, I would have loved if wacky he'd done talky. like a
2: bit with it. Just like... <laughs> put it in his hand and done a hand puppet. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's what we were missing.
2: We reach chapter 2 where David remembers the story of Daniel in the lions den and we go, yeah. We, <laughs> we know. We knew what was what's going to happen.
1: I something that I really like about getting into this part of the chapter where it talks about uh his conversion mm-hmm. is what the the reverend keeps saying it's the only true conversion he's ever seen. But To David, it isn't that. And I like, this is like the religious stuff that I can get behind where it's not David being indoctrinated. It is something happening to him that causes him to seek these Mm -hmm. answers and explore these things as he chooses to. Which is a more interesting story. Yeah, way more interesting. The part
2: of the, the religious stuff that has gotten me through, and I thought about this a lot after recording our last episode, is that... I, the way David kind of acts, it is not really, like, he is not worshipping, quote unquote, the Christian God. Yeah. It, it keeps referring to it as David's God. Mm-hmm. And it kind of acknowledges, as the story goes on, there are many gods or many aspects of God and the the fact that the book is not saying, yeah, David has the Christian God, <laughs> which is the one true God, and
0: that's also an AA thing. Yeah, it's, it's his higher power, which is yeah. fascinating because we have David who has found his higher power, mm. and we have Johnny who refuses to take that journey.
2: Yeah. A, a higher power doesn't have to be a holy divine mm-hmm. thing it just has That's to be the thing that you believe is there yeah so david enacts his uh plan by soaping himself up with uh, the <laughs> with the bar of soap that mm-hmm. was left in his room and very quickly just starts going
0: yeah doesn't tell anybody i mean they know but it there's no real discussion of it that I would like there to be because the coyote, Collie, before he left, had said, this is a very fast dog. And if you put your hand out of the bars, it'll get you before you even know it's happening. And so he, when David starts putting his body through the bars, everyone else rallies around him and they're trying to distract the dog. I think it's Mary who cries out first. because yeah, she the throws dog, change yeah. at it first. And then Johnny... Uses his belt and his jacket to distract him. And his
1: two thousand dollar biker jacket. I love that he's, <laughs> yeah. he's playing tug of war with it. And he's like, this is you not how I imagined me to play tug of war with a coyote with a three thousand dollar <laughs> jacket. Come on!
2: Uh, <laughs> I found it really funny because obviously I was like, oh, he's gonna do a Daniel and the Lion. the The whole book is gonna be a sequence of David. Doing Bible Sunday kind School of. Of yeah, miracles in a way, <laughs> uh, which is kind of true. But I found it so funny that not really, because uh, Daniel in the Lion's Den, God closed the mouths of the lions and they just sat there. Yep. I guess mm-hmm. uh here, God's intervention is Mary throwing coins and a jacket. Like it, <laughs> this,
1: it, it's weirdly anticlimactic I thought. Well, God's input is telling him to turn his head mm-hmm. uh, but what I like about this moment is I think this is another kind of small example of the God is cruel motif mm-hmm. because it's, he gets stuck when he it's just his head in bars the rest of his body is outside, everybody's distracted the coyote and he asks for help and there is no response and I thought that At that desperate moment, him getting nothing
2: mm-hmm.
1: puts that, uh, mm-hmm. like, plays that that motif a little bit. And allows for David's doubt later on.
2: Yes. I found it really funny that uh, Johnny manages to get his ass kicked by a coyote. Because <laughs> <laughs> the really coyote great. grabs his jacket and brains him into the <laughs> bars. I was like, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> <laughs> David's head is stuck. God tells him to turn and squeezes his head.
0: Still shouldn't work, apparently, which I didn't realize until someone else was like, you can't fit a human head, even a child's head, through those bars. Yeah,
2: David says, I don't think the human skull has much give. Yeah. (laughs) But at the last minute, he is able to get out and sprints to the door and runs away. He
0: shuts a door Uh, behind him. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys expect more?
2: I expected more. I expected this to be like a... Oh, everyone is witness to God's power through David. Oh. I truly expected this to be like the coyote leaps at him and David just like touches it and it
1: runs off or something. I think that would have eliminated all doubt.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and every, yeah, everything else that he, David does is so subtle. He doesn't make a big deal out of it, mm-hmm. which goes back to the conversation with his drunken padre about Moses taking credit.
2: I'm sorry, I got distracted by my own note. Because here, we cut back to Steve and Cynthia staring into the big lab at the end of the Quonset hut in horror at a Goofy's boner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why, Cynthia and I
1: ask?
0: Quonset hut.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we give get, this get, get yucked. <laughs> <laughs> this slow pan
2: over the room and we're seeing all the mining like computers with a screensaver of Goofy's <laughs> erection for some reason. Because a uh, the storm's an- coming in back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a st- Josh, oh, man, you oh, got me. <laughs> uh, there's an ATV in the back of the room. Uh, there are piles of rocks that they assume they were surveying uh, and stuff. And along the back row, under a sign that says Hernando's hideaway, is a row of
1: hooks for
2: hard hats.
1: Mm. I wish there were hard hats there. I it, just, it is everybody hung up the dead bodies of all the workers.
2: 14
1: corpses
2: some oh. shot, some disemboweled. It's gross.
0: them seeing this makes the thing that happens very soon, even more appalling too. I I didn't think about it sort of as, yeah, Mm -hmm. they just came off that. And then the power that this thing has. Mm
1: -hmm. It's like in the same room. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) But first the, I, this is another, a new recurring segment. Things Ben's really afraid of in (laughs) real life. The thought of coming across a crime scene like this Mm -hmm. is so terrifying. I think
0: that's just a normal terrifying <laughs> sure. thing <that> nobody wants
2: <laughs> yeah but like think of how scary that would be not knowing anything not knowing any yeah. just so many whys are the people that did this
0: around like where that's not mm-hmm. the first mystery you've encountered yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah it's it's yeah, so it's scary and what makes it worse? is a small stone totem no. sitting Ugh. on a table.
0: This is burned into my brain. This totem and in, mm. in the power it has, like this whole this whole theme of the book is one of the things that I always remembered about desperation. Probably not a good thing because I read it as a teenager. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, th- this immediately if if this whole segment was giving me like dungeon crawl. Th- mm-hmm. This immediately is a don't fucking touch that. It's cursed as shit. Yeah. Like it is a small stone carving, what, two inches mm-hmm. tall,
1: of a wolf, wolf <laughs> with a snake's tongue mm-hmm. and the snout of an alligator. So a very elongated nose and jaw. And in my
2: in my head,
1: it says it's just stone,
2: but in my head, it's like Flecked through with red gems, like mm. just not inlaid with gems, but just like like the rock
1: it is made mm. of has uncut rubies, kind of like the red flaw and flags. Yeah. yeah,
0: I was just thinking, Wishmaster.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're always thinking
0: Wishmaster. <laughs> That's true.
1: <laughs> immediately,
2: <laughs> immediately. Cynthia sees this thing and is like, yeah, okay.
0: I don't know if this is how she did it, but in my head, she just took her index finger and went, boop, right on the top of the statue's head. And instantly, her body, it's like a force has pulled it forward and her hips thrust so hard into the desk that Steve thinks, man, that's going to bruise.
2: Yeah, And she she says, oh, I think I just, never mind. So I wonder what that's about. She got that dust <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> also, when she touched this thing, the lights flicker?
1: hmm And the like, radio goes out?
2: Yeah. Oh, we didn't even mention that. Uh, that's such a cool, they come in and the radio's on when they first yeah. enter, and he turns it off, and he just hears another radio further into the building. It's such <laughs> it's so a- creepy. On the same station, so it's yeah. the same song. But the, the radio goes out, the- a goofy screensaver goes away a whole bunch of awful shit and steve makes an even worse decision of also touching it
0: this is so messed up he as soon as he touches it he feels that that energy that pressure and he instantly starts thinking about experimental things that he might like to do to cynthia things that you'd never talk to your friends about
1: There is from Hellraiser. That's that's what I was thinking. There is an
2: edge of violence, like I think he says later, like sex and murder had become mixed up, had become the same thing.
0: Yeah, he understands Ted Bundy later for a moment, which is awful.
1: The image that pops into his head of them having sex under the hooks of hanging bodies with the stone fetish in their teeth between them, like yeah, holding it together, yeah, madness. That's what I'm.
0: That's like. Burned into my yeah. teenage brain, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and I wrote it obviously they are both 100 percent cursed yeah, yeah. like you're cursed for <laughs> uh, they they knock it across the room to kind of break its spell, but Steve says he could feel it quote like a physical presence in his head, a thumb poking into the actual tissue Ugh. of his brain. Mm.
0: Josh, you and I were shipping them last episode. This yeah. isn't how I was shipping them.
1: It's not not
2: how <laughs> <laughs> they discuss what to do because he, Steve had said, you know, if things turn bad, we will head to Eli right away. And when they discuss what to do, Cynthia is like, Eli, no hesitation. <laughs> yep. Let's get the fuck yeah, heads out on of a
0: here. hook and table fucking
2: get out. Mm-hmm. But Steve's an idiot. So they head into town. Meanwhile, David is at the top of his uh, at the bottom of the stairs now and finds that. His sister's body has been mercifully moved. And I have mm. the I, I make the mistake of thinking, I hope he doesn't find her. <laughs> but it doesn't take long when he goes into one of the back offices and finds many bodies hung up on coat hooks, mm. including his sister wearing her favorite Motocop shirt. And I just wanted to ask you guys who's who's your favorite Motocop? I don't know what that is. Me neither. You you guys don't remember the motocops? Cassie Styles. Colonel Henry was cool? No? No. Mm -mm. No. It'll probably never come up again in a book. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and It's fine. This part I wrote down, I refuse to take notes. It seems disrespectful.
1: It broke me, man. It was, it is tough. I'll I'll do a quick rundown because let's do that. He decides he's going to take Pi down from the hook because she doesn't deserve that.
0: Well, and what are and big brothers for? What
1: are big uh. brothers for even if they couldn't say, protect her from the big boogeyman? Mm-hmm. And he I, the moment that I love, though, is that before he touches her, he takes a second to say a quick prayer because he doesn't want his last feelings of her to be about being grossed out or anything like that so yeah. he wants but he wants to do this for her and as he takes her down he sings to her and he apologizes for pulling her braids too hard and being mean to her and and sings her her favorite silly mm. song while he lays her down and puts her in a blanket it's really really cute It is
0: cute and her body will be
2: fine
1: nothing mm. bad will happen to it that scene that scene mm. fucking wrecked me.
2: Especially, well, we'll get it's there. It's so but especially
1: and I love that it's who so unnecessary. did it? Yeah, it's so scary. Oh my God, I didn't even think about yeah, that. Yeah, let
0: that crush your soul till we Yikes. get there.
2: <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, David moves on, finds the body of James Reed, the town safety officer, and his gun. We know that he has at least five bullets and he heads back upstairs. And keys. Hell yeah. And keys.
0: Yes, Very important. <laughs> That's pretty
2: important.
1: <laughs> I do love it when he comes back upstairs, they're all tense. And uh, he shouts from the other side of the door that it's him. And they have this full conversation about the coyote is like, where he is. And, mm-hmm. the, and it makes a point to say that the coyote doesn't react. And I'm like, yeah, the coyote doesn't speak English. Does not know there's a plan. <laughs> but... It is such an insane plan to just, I'm going to throw the door open and aim where they're telling me it's at mm-hmm. and hope to God that works.
0: Everybody ducks for cover, except for Ralph initially.
1: Yeah,
2: they yeah. have to convince Ralph I, to get under Mary
0: the said the perfect thing, though, because everyone's yelling at him and hes he wants to protect David. So he's like, son, I'm not getting under there. And she's like, dude, do you want? his last memory of his family to be when his sister was murdered, his mom was taken away, and he accidentally shot his dad. And then Ralph's like, shit. Yep. So he yeah. gets under there. And Tom, who's a veterinarian, the older guy who lives in desperation, is giving him really – and Johnny, too. They're both mm. like giving him really good advice because he's never fired a gun before and tell him he needs to aim up. Mm. And talking to him about the kickback and everything, It's it's a – I don't know. It's a cool mm. moment, like the first time all of our characters, with the exception of Steve and Cynthia, are sort of coming together to work towards one common goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And the way that they do it, it's it's no nonsense. It's mm-hmm. no arguing. There's no like, okay, how? what are we going? It is just, hey, son, have you fired a gun before? Well, here's what you need to mm-hmm. do. It's It's a very good bit. And as the door starts to open, there's this quick line of Johnny thinking of his experience in Nam mm-hmm. as a non-combatant. He thinks back to when, quote, lethal things took place at zany speed that always surprised you. Mm-hmm. I just really like that. Yeah.
0: There are a lot of really good yeah. quotes in this book.
2: The door swings open and David does some real gunslinger shit. <laughs> two yeah. shots, two hits, and the coyote is down.
0: I hallucinated. You said Jake.
2: (laughs) Did I say no? You didn't. It sounds like something I would do. I know,
0: but for a minute, it's like, wait, he said Jake.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Johnny thinks of how proud he is of David and how much he hates his own kids. Yeah, because
0: the first twenty years they're just annoying little shits that you have to take care of, and then the next twenty they're upstaging you. Johnny, any moment, I think, oh, his thing is going to be like the. Giant piece of shit who, Mm -hmm. you know, makes the ultimate sacrifice. Like, that's where I saw his character going. And then he does some of this stuff. And I'm like, oh, you're so gross most of the time.
2: (laughs) His ego is so enormous and it is such the obvious damning flaw of his personality of his entire character that you're just waiting you just know that that is going to be the downfall
0: yeah it's fascinating to to, be with him because it's like it's just gonna play out it is
2: going to (laughs) cause some catastrophic Mm -hmm. shit later but for now he just is a dick david goes and mercy kills the coyote
0: that made me really sad because we also get a little bit i think here insight into the coyote or somewhere around here Mm -hmm. we get more with the animals there's a lot of animal murder they're not willing like there's a real Mm -hmm. big difference between the human i don't want to call it possession i mean it is but it, Mm -hmm. it seems more like a hosting thing a human takeover versus animal takeover and it's more like this this
2: magnetistic... Magnetistic? Well, I'm going it.
0: <laughs> this magnetism, this force that is forcing the creatures to obey, mm-hmm. attack.
2: Mm-hmm. It is about control. It is about
0: power. There's no it melding is, of the personalities of mm-hmm. the animals. They are, so, they are
2: not willing participants. Yeah. So it so is just...
0: I love that the... This animal got a mercy killing, but I on the re-listens I just skipped.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, David uh, goes over and tests the keys and lets his father out. And again, I had to stop taking notes because it seemed too private. Well, and
0: ugh, this is so irritating, Johnny. I'm sorry, Johnny. Again, mm-hmm. he times their reunion. He gives them he very like generously in tone to himself gives them one full minute. To just comfort each other before he's like, hey, that cop probably heard that he could be coming back at any moment. And that's true. And that's not the problem. But that he's like, I gave them one full minute.
1: (laughs) Very kind of Johnny. Yeah, I get it.
2: (laughs) He slowly lets uh, everyone out and they go to look for guns. And again, Mary Johnny's
0: abusive.
2: A, mm,
1: oh yeah. No, he's <laughs> physically
0: con- violent with Mary because she irritates, she bruises his ego.
1: Mm-hmm. So fucking minorly too. She,
0: she startles him. Yeah. He's mad that he's a pussy. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that
2: just keeps coming up. It's yep. like the fragile masculinity mm-hmm. of Johnny. Uh, is so because like later on he thinks about when he doesn't get a gun with bullets in it. How dare they disrespect his manliness by giving him an empty gun that they specifically say they're giving to him because he's manly? <laughs> we needed someone to that can like swing
1: this. It's who's beca- big and strong? It's Here because Mary says it, mm-hmm. and she he's like that bitch. Oh gamed yeah, like me. she
0: mousetrapped me. Yeah. Well, we'll talk more about it later, but he uses this like he's like, well, I give Tom this bottle of booze. Cause he needs to take the edge off, and he's our connection Mm -hmm. to this town. And yeah, maybe I was miffed about the gun thing. That is the sole reason. You piece of Mm -hmm. shit! You're an AA. You know you don't just give someone alcohol who's an alcoholic. (laughs) Well, then he is aware.
2: (laughs) They do. King does a great job of making these moments with Johnny, and not like how do I put it? He does a great job of writing Johnny. As having these massive flaws that he himself is not aware of, yes, mm-hmm. like it's it is so glaringly obvious to us, the reader, mm-hmm. that he is a little man baby, <laughs> yes, and which- he's just like, but he's so good at lying to himself. Oh yeah, it's great.
0: I just have to say, this is what you and I, Ben, I think we're trying the point we're trying to make about from a Buick Eight with the where he's blaming yeah. the victim, yeah. Yeah. Blaming yeah. Guy, yeah, who we didn't feel like the writing made clear that guy was supposed to be a piece of shit mm-hmm. that it's that's the kind of flawed character writing i like where like even if he thinks he's cool it's just so clear
1: the difference i think is that all of these moments we get from johnny's perspective his take on his own actions mm-hmm. and so of course they sound perfectly reasonable he believes i need to get this guy mm-hmm. alcohol because he's good get, he's getting the shakes and he's our local I, i'm, I'm mm-hmm. just doing my service and, he lies
0: to himself oh, real good
1: so real so good. well but that's I think that's the difference is in Buick 8 you're hearing all of it from an outside yeah um, whereas this we see, we hear how he lies to himself
2: yeah Um. so they search they find Peter's body Uh. they find another dead lady with eye trauma which is worrisome with the I have eyes like holes or whatever yeah. like that was I keep seeing these bodies with <laughs> their eyes gouged out the holes in their skull I'm like Is taxiing them right now.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah.
2: Right? Yeah. Very scary. All
0: he's seeing though is Johnny's crotch. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh,
2: They also briefly mentioned that they found the fire chief with the handle of a golf (laughs) club shoved down through his head into his chest. It's that's fucking crazy. That's the most brutal shit I've ever heard.
0: It's so funny because Mary finds that, but we're with Johnny while it happens in mm-hmm. his lady that he's got his stuff, his junk in her face. And she so we don't ever she we just get it as her telling him about it. And it's mm. such a <laughs> epic death.
2: Mm-hmm. They meet back up at the in the in the lobby and they are, this is cool. They're armed to the fucking teeth now. And there is not a single point where I'm like, oh, thank God they're safe. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. They find so many guns and so much Mm -hmm. ammo. And there is not a single second where you're like, oh, Mm -mm. thank goodness. They are just as much trouble as they were without them.
0: Well, they're being obviously watched by buzzards and coyotes and everything. And Mm -hmm. I think it's Tom who's like, don't, and rats and stuff, like, don't shoot any critters unless you have to because you're just going to waste bullets and Mm -hmm. you're going to draw more.
2: Mm -hmm. I, I like as they slowly come to kind of wordlessly agree to not let the animals see w- or hear what they're doing.
0: Yeah, they like even Johnny covers his mouth. Yeah. He's cool.
1: Anyway, as they're standing around, they hear something in the distance a truck and briefly see headlights. Or at least David thinks he sees headlights. Mm. It is very, I like moments like this when we have the separate stories intertwining because it talks about David going out there and like waving the flashlight and Mm -hmm. the truck just keeps moving. But then when we get Cynthia's side of it, she's like, I "I think I see something and then kind of ignores it.
0: And it's so fascinating because she has an internal debate with herself about like, she basically talks herself out of going back to investigate, even though it seems Mm -hmm. like she knows it's probably a person and it's, It's just an interesting thing to grapple with her character making that choice, like putting her safety in Steve's first, which isn't a bad choice, but there's no discussion about it. She just internally is like, oh, it's probably a person. Fuck it.
2: (laughs) It's interesting that in another book. I feel like this could have felt like a waste of time. Like just get all our characters together already. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel that. I was just like, oh, they missed each other by so little. They were together Power-
0: sooner than I remembered them being together when mm-hmm. they finally do. I was like, wow, that feels so quick. <laughs>
2: it's halfway through the book.
0: I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fast book. It's a fast read.
2: Yeah. We we cut to Cynthia and Steve in the in the truck they are seeing the upside down bikes and the dark houses and wondering where all the people could possibly be and cynthia thinks that uh, about how they're acting like characters in a horror movie sticking around I'm and investigating. not fleeing uh, immediately mm-hmm. and thinks but isn't that how people act i i uh posit to you
1: two is that how you would act no, my ass would be heading back the way I came <sighs> like, so man, fast.
0: I don't know. I've never been in that situation. How how hard would you justify to yourself that you're making more of something abnormal than what there really is? I guess it depends on like how it makes you feel. Once I felt uncontrollable lust and murder rage, yeah, I would
2: be fine. <laughs> I, I think the 14 dead bodies would have done it for me, <laughs> personally. <laughs> I felt judgy.
1: <laughs>
2: as they're exploring they decide to pull over and check out
1: a house man all right this is fucking crazy because i know this... why were
2: they sitting down to that big snake dinner
1: <laughs> who who can eat a baby's not gonna eat that many snakes <laughs> Uh, they investigate this house and he's the
0: only one with a baby uh, he knows exactly i've tried to feed my baby so many
1: snakes it's a waste of money uh they just end up eating the rats that you bought to feed the snake anyway it's not it's a whole thing it's just a dead family who've been bitten to death by a room full uh, a house full of snakes and it's it's so scary seeing those dead bodies but what's extra scary is that when the first snake notices them they know that all the snakes notice mm-hmm. them at the same time mm-hmm. <laughs> and cynthia
0: sees something like movement under the mother's oh, that's so shirt gross. Yeah. And even though she can see she's super duper dead at first she's like oh she's breathing no no something's breathing it's not her."
2: <laughs> Yeah, they uh, immediately run for it because Cynthia is afraid of things that bite. Yep. And uh, they run back to the truck and start driving out of town and find there is a trailer blocking the road. And before they can drive around it, they start
1: getting dive bombed by buzzards. That The army that comes out from mm-hmm. under and around the trailer blocking the road is insane. <laughs> and the fact that, Oh, wait, we, uh, that,
2: it'd be jumping ahead, never mind. Oh, were you going to mention the carpet of scorpions? Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, Can we just talk about yeah. this scene? Yeah.
1: Because <laughs>
2: as they're like sitting there freaking out, not knowing what to do, they see from under this trailer hundreds, thousands of scorpions. And Cynthia thinks about the scorpions working together to pierce the tires.
0: She's thinking about the RV because she doesn't uh, know. Mm-hmm. They don't know anything about Kali.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Which
0: I keep forgetting.
1: <laughs> but I'm sorry. Scorpions can't pop a tire. I, what if all of them aim at the same spot?
0: I wouldn't put anything past anything in this town.
1: <laughs> <laughs> at this point, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I
2: think that is anything true. Possible. We're kind of beyond what what is it that Kali told uh Johnny in the first section? We're beyond the why or something. Something
0: like that, yeah. Anyway.
2: As they they stand there, kind of starting to lose their minds, we head back to our other group and Johnny running upstairs to find his phone.
0: Then he finds it.
2: And so now
0: they can make a call except yes, there's no
2: There's no bar service, bars.
0: yeah. But David is very like give me that. <laughs> and as soon as he touches the phone, there's service. And Johnny like takes it back, you yeah. know, to look at it and dead instantly and then as soon as david gets it back their service again which is it's, so cool
2: i love anything that frustrates johnny this <laughs> much yeah, me too. anything that the world going johnny you suck and are not important <laughs> is great
0: oh but then david's gonna stone statue block steve and cynthia <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> because uh we'll get there there's a few other things that happen they discuss where they're going to go, mm-hmm. and Tom lands on going to the American West, the uh abandoned-looking movie theater Hell that we yeah. saw Great earlier, place to hide. Which I am very excited to talk about how much I want to hang out in the American West. It's, yeah. As they're walking, Johnny, what is this, when he breaks into the pharmacy-slash-restaurant? Yeah, to restaurant. get
0: some painkillers, he says. But he's <sighs> yeah. looking for booze to get back at Tom. I mean, help him. <laughs>
2: Fucker. <laughs> Yeah, he he is, because he tells everyone, I need painkillers. But all of his inner monologue is like, I'm getting booze. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Steve and Cynthia are trying not to panic, but all he can think about is the stone statue.
1: Yeah, this the, in their headlights, this wolf came by and had it in its jaws and just dropped it.
2: Steve and Cynthia are trying not to panic, and they are kind of still dealing with the effects of the well, what we learn are called cantas. Mm-hmm. Cynthia is just acting very
1: very strange. Would, would you say, Josh? Yeah, it's is this the the where she thinks about that's if she just had that, now they'd be able to get through here. That's mm, the solution. Yeah. That's yep. what I need. It's
0: gonna solve their problems. And
1: they're dangerous. Slowly, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they are slowly kind of
2: discussing and trying to talk around what th- touching it made them mm-hmm. think. And it becomes distressingly sexual in that they are both obviously not actually into what is happening. Yeah. Right. It is It is this weird
1: animalistic sensation.
0: Yeah, they don't want to have these thoughts yeah, or do it's, what they're doing. It's
1: like, they're, it's like their brain is mud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It, it, by touching that thing, every bad thing that's ever happened to them feels like it just happened again, but also they're kind of horny about it.
0: Yeah. In,
1: in a way that you just can't, they can't untie those knots.
0: To be horny about your trauma is, the, <laughs> like and that's my worst fear, that some crazy small god would do that to me.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: it, it sucks. And I wrote here, I think Steve and Cynthia are done for because as they are like on the verge Of like jumping out of the car and running back to the Quonset hut when a wolf
1: steps out into the road with something in its mouth. It's so perfect because you get the struggle, the fact that there's such a strong desire to go all the way back to get it. And now it's here. Mm -hmm. And that as the reader Let's, you know, because so many, so many times in books when a character has that gut feeling for no reason, that's usually the right call. But this is that moment as a reader. You're like, no, that means if it showed up because you wanted it, don't, you don't want it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, just as they are about to, like, leap out of the car and run for this and start rubbing it on themselves, <laughs> <laughs> ugh, they get a phone call. And it snaps them out of it and the wolf kinda goes, Ah, oh, fuck, and runs off. Do you think it
0: would have snapped them out of it if it was anyone but David?
1: I don't think anybody but David could have gotten the phone to work. I
0: I mean even if I'm just saying yeah. like I wonder
1: Yeah, if that's part even if of there
0: it. was some like loud noise that happened, mm-hmm. like
2: is it Oh, that- absolutely.
0: Yeah. I, I think is you know, it the competing gods thing that yeah. makes his phone call? Yeah, snap them out of it.
2: They earlier in the Quonset hut, they're kind of snapped out of their reverie when something outside falls over, knocked over by the wind. Mm-hmm. I don't think that would have worked here. Yeah, I, I, think so. I think they are too far gone. We're kind of jumping around. Uh, we're jumping back and forth between the two groups because, mm-hmm. like, we go back and all of them are drinking. Like Johnny's,
1: yeah, they pass the, the bottle around. around. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: except Johnny and David.
1: Right. Except for Johnny and David. But they make
2: the phone call, the wolf runs away, and they all discuss well, that the they're wolf, going to- Well, the wolf, don't
0: they honk the horn at the wolf? <laughs> Cynthia honks oh, the horn yeah, at right. the phone
1: call, and it scares <laughs> all of them, including Steve's the wolf. And like,
0: oh yeah, I'm in a tr- I am in have a truck. <laughs> I can beat that wolf.
2: <laughs> they they talk, and they all discuss the plan that they're going to meet up. They're going to hide the truck in a nearby garage. Johnny tries to scare away the coyotes across the street by evoking the name of Tack, which seems like a fucking bad idea.
0: It does, but also I'm so into him trying it.
2: (laughs) It's It's one of I could see why he did. It's
0: stuff like this that Johnny does Mm -hmm. that makes me. That intrigues me about his character. No, not at all. But it just. Well, make a great
1: vessel. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It it makes me enjoy that he's part of this group, even Mm -hmm. though I think he's a piece of shit. Yeah. It keeps me engaged with him, I guess.
2: Yeah. It it makes me think, you know, whatever is going to happen to Johnny is going to be bad for everyone.
0: Because he's, you know, King's writer always has like that mind that can kind of think creatively beyond the you know circumstances at their face value and so we get really interesting stuff from those characters
2: i really like later on this is jumping way ahead but there's just this bit where johnny is talking about his recall and how Mm -hmm. because he is a writer he has always had Perfect recall. Even in a blackout drunk, he remembers a fatal car crash. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And he talks about how, you know, this is the reason his career has succeeded. But in this moment, it is a curse on him. Mm -hmm. I love this idea that King's writer character is not only not the hero, but the thing that makes him, you know, the writer character... Are all bad things. Yeah. It is King being like, this thing that I do isn't always good. Yeah, the dark yeah. side of it. It's mm-hmm. great. I love that. Johnny evoking tack doesn't work. So David un- one ups him with a prayer that makes the coyotes <laughs> run off. And uh, we head to the theater. So we reach chapter five, and the gang's all here for real, almost. Uh, <laughs> Steve and Cynthia are parking the truck. At a local Conoco station, Steve goes inside to search around and finds spiders—many,
1: many spiders. Flesh-eating spiders.
2: Did, what? What's the worst of the creepy crawlies that we've we've met so far? Either you have any particular
1: poison snakes. phobias? Poison snakes are so fucking scary. But Things, snakes are cool. Snakes
0: <laughs> are cool. Anything that has poison, though, like that, their poison mm-hmm. is bad. Scorpions. The the spider breed not black brown, breed, recluse. But brown recluse
2: freak me out we got those around here yeah yeah we do, yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. i had one on me once but Ooh. yeah no they'll 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 melt you they'll turn you into goo <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway he finds all of these spiders on this desk and as he watches them they like line up to stare at him and he's like this is all bad i gotta be careful and then gets attacked by a rat
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh this sucks so bad though because i used to have a pet rat he has to he kills the rat and he's he's upset by it he
2: just i have one one word note rat steroid yeah that's
0: from the book good (laughs) which sticks out to me every time because i'm like Is that an appropriate place (laughs) to make a joke?
2: (laughs) There's another part later on. I don't remember whether it's part two or three where someone like King makes a joke. And I was like, what the hell? That's not the place for this. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he absolutely destroys this rat. Yeah.
0: Well, because the rat is the size of a small cat. That's also Mm -hmm. a problem. Uh,
2: Yeah, it's a massive rat. Yeah. But he brings the truck inside And telling Cynthia, watch out as he's like beating a tarp, making sure that there's nothing in there. I love he
0: barely spits the word spiders out and he looks back and And she's she's just just, like taken off.
2: (laughs) As they're doing this, uh, the other group is entering the theater uh, through the women's room window.
1: Because this place has been closed for a real long time. Tom says it would have been demolished if there were anything to put up. Ten years ago it would have
0: been demolished.
1: And the only way in, all the entrances are boarded, so the only way in is this window because this place has become a hangout for uh, drunks and teens.
0: And why they would ever leave this place, I don't know, because they also, I think this is maybe later, but they, Collie doesn't have keys to this. He has keys to all of the open mm-hmm, buildings mm-hmm. in town for emergencies, but this place is truly locked up. And it's an old abandoned theater, so teenagers will hang out here, and then Tom and his pals... Come kind and get of took drunk here over. and reminisce.
2: Yeah. Mary takes a moment to think about how much she fucking hates Johnny, because <laughs> everyone fucking hates Johnny <laughs> almost immediately <laughs> upon meeting him.
0: I like at one point she's like, good. It'll be good for you not to have everything you want. Mm-hmm.
2: She does take a second, though, to recognize that he is a human because he is uh, extremely blind in the dark, mm-hmm. which may or may not become important. Mary, throughout this, is having the same thoughts that Ellen had mm-hmm. earlier, where she is thinking, the old Mary is dead. The the Mary that I was just a day ago hanging out with my husband
0: yeah.
2: is gone, and this person is someone new.
0: And she can't grieve her husband. She does not have time mm-hmm. to spend doing that.
1: I like that it's expressed as a fear, that getting through this, the fear is that on the other side of this, mm-hmm. I'll have to deal with. Yeah, all of that.
2: They kind of explore the space The Dave or Tom has painted murals all <laughs> over the place, so cool. which is and they're good. It makes it one of the reasons I'm like, God, I want an old abandoned theater. My friends can drink <laughs> and vandalize. Like that sounds great. That sounds like a good hang, man.
1: We kind of had that for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we kind of <laughs> did, didn't we?
2: They have this discussion here where they're. Talking about how the cop killed everyone. More importantly, why they didn't kill mm-hmm. them specifically. Is this a lost kind of thing? Is is this uh, a a destiny? Our survivors were picked because of their question marks. I it could be. I
0: mean, it, usually in King stories like this, th- the force of evil thinks it's making decisions, but it's the white that is also
2: orchestrating things. As they're discussing this outside, Steve almost brains a woman with a tire iron.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Should have.
1: As it turns out,
2: that's a spoiler alert, Uh, (laughs) there's uh, this woman... King says, an older lady, 30 at least. Nah, what the fuck? Oh,
0: I know, that's out of Cynthia's mouth, which is the only way I can accept it. But oh, I
2: didn't even notice uh, that. Yeah, that makes she was sense. like,
0: an older woman, at least 30. Is like, fuck like, Wait, you. Wait, what the
2: King. hell? <laughs> um, and she is beside, almost out of her mind in mm-hmm. fear, uh, saying, we have to get out of here right now, Ooh. not listening to. To not acknowledging Cynthia at all. Yeah.
0: And Cynthia makes note of this and mm-hmm. is saying, you know, this is, I've seen these women before who only have eyes for the guy, like only see them as the person who can answer their questions or solve their problems. And it's, you know, if listeners, if you've read Rose Matter, it gives her thought about Andrea so much more weight mm-hmm. yeah. to, to know why she has those thoughts. It's just cool.
2: Yeah, it... it it tells a lot about her character and her state of mind uh, more than anything. So they they convince her finally, hey, there are other people here. They're in the theater. We have to go to the theater. And so they take her around and we get introductions. Her name is Audrey. Do we remember her last name? Weiler. <laughs> Audrey <laughs> Weiler. She is a geologist with the Diablo Mining Company. Uh, or at least was
0: I was really excited when we figured out who she is because I'm like, oh yeah we're gonna we're gonna learn
2: stuff yeah I was very excited for a new character I, I yeah. was, it's getting to the point where it's everyone coming together you think that this is our cast mm-hmm. and then a s- mysterious new face shows up and you're instantly like this is bad yeah <laughs> this is not gonna end well We end this section of the book with the cruiser pulling back into town.
1: The the entire, from the moment this section starts to the reveal is so perfectly written. It, it's, oh, I, I fucking love it. Immediately I was like, oh yeah, I know what exactly what's oh, going yeah. to happen. I it's had forgotten
2: so, yeah,
0: from my first read of this that this happened. So it was delightful to mm. re-experience it.
2: Yeah, it, it's not a knock on the book as much as it is yeah, me either remembering uh from years and years ago reading this before or just years of digesting stories at all it just it feels like that's where it's going and because it refuses to tell you who it is Mm -hmm. you're like oh this is this is a fake out But it still works so well because we get the the figure in the Sam Brown belt adjusted the hat that doesn't fit so well anymore. And you're like, it's
0: got a lot more hair.
2: Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, oh, the thing driving the car. And finally it gets out and it is the body of Ellen Carver.
0: The Who? Ellen thing. The Ellen thing.
2: Oh, Did you, uh, so good! I
1: wrote down the uh, height and weight change. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. she had been five six and one hundred and thirty pounds, and the moment she arrives back at the police station, she is six foot three and two hundred pounds. That's, That's a lot. A lot. That's <laughs> insane.
2: And she she comes back and she discovers the empty
1: mm. cells, but then she pulls out the spider fetish and summons those recluse mm-hmm. spiders to her, which that of course it's like that moment thinking about, all right, there's, so we've seen the coyote one, there's a spider mm-hmm. one, uh, there must be like a snake one, all of these yeah, creatures we've seen. Yeah, because they're all
2: like recursive because yeah. the one was a wolf with a snake tongue. This is a spider with a wolf tongue. Yeah. So scary. It
0: also makes you realize how many more eyes Tack has because yes. mm-hmm. not just like higher intelligence creatures or even humans, but I didn't think about insects for a very long time. And then I was like, oh, they're so fucked because so there are insects everywhere. everywhere.
1: But it, the fact that it ends, I'm to remember, it says something to the effect of uh, it describes Ellen Carver's hands tapping Ellen Carver's collarbone. Like It always uses what the description of the body part Because it's Mm -hmm. not Ellen's anymore. It's It's so cool. That's it for this episode of Dairy Public Radio. As always, thank you for listening. Join us for our next episode where we will be covering part three. For Benjamin Graham and Sam Alexander, I'm Joshua Kahn reminding you, when you're in desperation, there aren't many places to hide.
0: Hi everyone, CM Alexander here. Thank you for listening to Desperation Part 2. We hope you enjoyed it. Quick update, we've decided to close our website and focus on our Discord because we get to interact with people more on that platform. So make sure that you visit us on our Discord at Dairy Public Radio. Other ways to keep in touch and up to date, Facebook or Instagram at Dairy Public Radio or Twitter at Dairy Public. You can email us and we'll email you back at dairypublicradio at gmail.com. And you can check out our bonus episodes on Patreon, search Dairy Public Radio. When you join our $5 and up tier, you become a member of the club. If that doesn't sound familiar, listen to our episode on the breathing method in different seasons. As a member of the club, you get lots of perks besides the monthly bonus episode. Your support on our Patreon also helps us do extra stuff, like film the first episode of a super secret YouTube series that I totally haven't mentioned half a dozen times over the last year on live streams. So when we say that every dollar helps, those words kind of feel gross in our mouths, but they are true. Thank you to all of our patrons. We can't overstate how grateful we are for your support. And if Patreon isn't for you, but you'd still like to support us, please give us a five-star review on whatever you're listening on. Tell a friend to listen. Visit our Etsy store. We really appreciate all of it. That's all for now, listeners. Goodbye.